Hello and welcome to episode 182 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. And here with me today, we've got Ricardo Benavides via Zoom. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going great, Jeremy. A little chilly, but uh, it's going great. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cold here in Western Washington, man. We, uh, we're we not used to this, like 20 degrees. I guess it's not 20, but in the 20s. Oh, no, no, it's 20. It's it's uh, Wind chill is uh, like 11. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I was just out there and I was thinking, you know, you watch some of those survival shows and people go, oh, minus 70 and they're out there and they take their gloves off. <laughs> Wind chill at 11 is painful. Yeah. So, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So I guess after we recorded last week, I ended up having um, a patient, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a, a Neuralink. I, I did a video like conference call with Neuralink um, after I did my patient registry forms and everything. Um, and it was pretty interesting, man. They, yeah, first of all, I told the, the, lovely young woman that i spoke with amanda that um you know i would love to have elon musk on the world's number one spinal cord injury podcast and she was like you have the world's number one spinal cord injury podcast i'm like well it's got to be close we're definitely top five (laughs) uh, she thought that was funny um we uh yeah, we, you know, I told her, I was like, I know it's probably impossible to get Elon Musk on here, but I would, or I guess nothing's impossible, but it would be tough at this point. Um, but, you know, I did tell her that we would love to talk to anybody from Neuralink about what they're doing. Um, so I went through the whole thing, though, and she asked me, you know, a bunch of questions um, and basically just said that the first trial that they're recruiting for right now would not uh, be anything that would restore movement or function. Uh, It would just more be to, I guess, test the safety of the robots that are going to be putting the implanting the Neuralink chip uh, into your brain and, um, and kind of like the testing the procedures of all that. Uh, which still sounds pretty cool, but um, I think I'm going to wait until uh, till they're going to actually restore some function and movement. But I did say I'd le- I'd still like to hear more about it, so I'm I'm waiting to to hear back from them um, again. But that uh, was pretty it was pretty interesting though. Well, that's really cool, Jeremy. I'm I'm glad that you got that opportunity to talk to them. So, yeah. um, will they provide provide you with updates and whatnot? Yeah, they already did send me um, a YouTube a link to a YouTube video that they just put out um, with kind of an updated um, description of what they're going to be doing on this first trial. So, and I and I think it's just a public thing. So I'm I'm going to share it um, in the podcast notes today so people can check that out. Um, but we did uh, have an incredible guest this week as well, Ricardo. Um, a young lady named Elena Brandner. She um, is from, I think, Central Florida and got in a car accident and suffered a spinal cord injury. Um, she was a bodybuilder previous or uh, before her accident and is back to bodybuilding now. She's a, um, she's a very low level injury, even though like she had injuries at high, much higher levels that didn't uh damage the spinal cord which is i mean like it's incredible the fact that she is even alive uh after the accident she was in is mind-blowing so the whole the whole broken arm story right and that her muscles kept her bones in alignment was like yeah they said she would have a compound fracture you know with the bone sticking out of the skin if if yeah. her muscles weren't so strong um, or so, so large. And yeah, I mean, and she's got some, some very cool kind of alternative, um, you know, therapies and, um, and things that she's tried that, that seem to be working really well for her and kind of outside of, of Western medicine. And um, I, yeah, I thought I was blown away big time, man. You and I both, Jeremy, it was a, it's an incredible story. Um, 
it's it's a pretty long interview, but it's really worth listening to the whole thing, everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think we should delay it anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you have uh, something else to say, let's get into it. And then yeah, let's um, get into it. we'll talk on the other side. Sounds good, Jeremy. All right. We'll be back. Uh, this is Elena Brandner. I hope everyone enjoys it. I'll talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are excited to visit with Alina Brandner. Uh, she's a spinal cord injury survivor, um, an SCI advocate, and I don't know, I guess I want to call you a motivator, Alina. Welcome to the show. Um, you know, uh, thank you so much for being willing to join join us and uh, tell your story. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad we were able to connect. Um, you know, so for anybody that doesn't already know your story, or doesn't follow you um, on social media, how, you know, tell us about how you suffered a spinal cord injury. Yeah, so I I don't remember any of it happening at all. Um, it was a car accident and I was on my way to a doctor's appointment in the morning and the only reason I have an inference as to what happened is because there was a video that happened to surface because of a, a semi driver that was heading southbound on the highway as I was heading northbound. So they came forward with the video. And that's how I was able to actually see what happened because otherwise I would never have known what happened. And from the video, what I am able to come out and like, and basically explain is I was I was in the middle lane and I was going around a semi and as I was going around the semi I was I hit like I went behind um an SUV and I drove a lifted Jeep and uh, I still couldn't see in front of the SUV in front of me though and the SUV all of a sudden just like swerved out of the way and into the middle lane right in front of the semi because there was a stopped vehicle in the fast lane on I-95 and uh, I didn't have any time to respond. And so essentially what happened was I, I tried also swerving into the middle lane, but my Jeep hit the back of this vehicle and the vehicle that I hit like spun out into the median and it elevated my Jeep into the middle lane. So it basically like forward and then into the middle lane. So it was elevated and the semi that was there hit me, hit my undercarriage. And when I landed on the side, like on the side of my Jeep, my hard top popped off and then I got ejected out and I landed right next to the semi and right, literally right next to my Jeep. And, and from there, the Jeep rolled several times right after that. And then the semi jackknifed the whole entire highway and the highway was shut down for extended periods of time. And, uh, that's basically, that's like the inference I've made as to, as to what happened. Oh my God. So, so you, so you suffer a spinal cord injury in this way. When do you kind of wake up and, and in the, are you, I'm assuming you probably don't wake up till you're in the hospital at some point. Um, down the road like what are you know what what's going through your head like what are you I mean do you are you conscious um, at, when you first do come back to kind of consciousness like what what's going through your head what are they telling you so what's really crazy is as as awful as that day was the stars aligned for me perfectly God God was there I'm a big believer and he uh like I said, he lined up everything for me to be able to be here today to talk to you. The There were two guys that stopped as when they saw the accident. One of them was a retired firefighter from Brooklyn. And uh, he was actually the one that kept me conscious the entire time. So I never lost consciousness. Uh, and so he was talking to me the entire time. Again, I don't remember any of this. This is just from what I was told and what I read from things on Facebook and uh and things like that. And then the once EMS arrived, the paramedic that took care of me that day was actually one of my friend's mothers. And so later on, I got to take her out to dinner to thank her. And she told me that when she came up that I was laying face down with my head cocked to the side, 
and she came to check my pulse and then I started talking and she was like, it freaked me out. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and she told me that the first thing that I said was that I, I couldn't feel my legs, which is really crazy to me because uh, I, one of my biggest fears as a kid was, was losing the ability of my legs. And the fact that I was that consciously aware of, of my body at that point in time, considering what happened. And for me to say, like, I can't feel my legs. It, it really, it really blew me away. Cause like, I'm I'm living in my big one of my biggest fears, and so right. then uh, she said when I was in the ambulance, I I was able to verify my name, and I was in and out of I was in and out of it. She said, um, but when I was I went and so when I was out of it, she said that I just was confused as to why I couldn't do what I wanted to do, and I had snap like my arm was like I suffered so many injuries. My right humerus was snapped in half, and she said that I wanted to, to move it, and I couldn't. And that um, uh, then by the time she got to the hospital, the nurse that took care of me or that she handed uh, me off to was that same friend's girlfriend. So I got to take her out to dinner as well. And she said that the paramedic gave her a look that she had never seen before, and uh, meaning that it was really, really bad. And from there, they put me... They put medically intubated me, and when I, so I was in a coma for six weeks, and then the first thing, or not six weeks, six days, I'm sorry, uh, and the first thing that I remember upon awakening, as they were taking me on an off sedation to prior to extubation, was seeing my father at the end of my hospital bed, and I had the tube coming out of my mouth, and I, I was just really confused, and I thought I was in a nightmare because the last thing I remember is on really going to sleep. And then I thought, okay, like I'm in a bad dream. Like I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to wake up next to my dogs and like everything's going to be fine. And so I closed my eyes and the next time I woke up was on the way to extubation. And from there, they, I, I just remember sitting there or like laying there and waiting and waiting and waiting. And my anxiety was just like through the, starting to come through the roof. And then they came in and they were like, yeah, we're not going to be able to extubate for another three hours. And I, my eyes were just like, what the heck? Like, what's happening? And then they uh, they sedated me again. And then the next time I woke up, and the first thing that I was told that came out of my mouth was, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I can't even imagine uh, that. that That's crazy. Um, What... Uh... So what level, I guess, spinal cord injury? And, and yeah, so like I want to talk about the other injuries you suffered as well with the the broken um, I, what clavicle, I think, as well. Yeah. And then um, well, you said your humerus. Uh, yeah. Almost yeah, so I, I, uh, yeah, I broke my right humerus. It was uh, snapped fully in half. Uh, they said that the reason it wasn't a, um, a compound fracture, like where it broke through my skin, was because... Uh, my bicep and tricep were strong enough to hold my bone in place so that was amusing when they had told me that and um then i suffered uh clavicle left clavicle uh left scapula i had a c2 hangman's fracture c6 c7 were fractured um my l2 is where my level of injury is so that was my l2 was a burst fracture and i also had L1 and L3 refractured and some thoracics refractured as well. And then I also uh, fractured my nasal bone and I had gotten, I had a really tiny, small brain bleed, nothing that they needed intervention uh, for. And then I also had a concussion, but as far as brain injury, like I didn't sustain any major brain injury and I don't know how, but <laughs> I didn't. And I was very, very blessed in that way. And then I, I also, I didn't get major road rash. I got road rash on my foot because I was wearing flip-flops and I got some on my hands, but um, I ended up losing my pinky toe. They tried saving my pinky toe, but we ended up taking it off. So I have four toes on my left foot now. <laughs> wow. And I broke six ribs and yeah, I think that, I think that's it. Good Lord. Um, so you're really, I mean, the, like the, the, yeah, like you, you were so, you're so lucky to not have a higher level injury with all those other, um, fractures higher up. Um, you know, why, 
did they have to fuse some of that stuff to be because you were fractured up higher or I mean, like, yeah, that's crazy having a C2 fracture. And then like, yeah, I think you said what, five, six, and then also down. And then the, the lumbar is where you actually suffered the, the spinal cord injury at. Right. No. Yeah. I was super fortunate in the fact that like, they didn't have to do any intervention on my cervical area. Uh, so they just let that heal naturally. Uh, and they fused me from, uh, they fused me from L1 to, or yeah, I think, or maybe T12 to L5 or L1 to L5 somewhere. Basically my whole lumbar is fused. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, so, you know, where did you, like, how long do you then spend in kind of like the ICU, like getting, getting stabilized and stuff like that before they try to send you to rehab? So I was in hot in the hospital for three and a half weeks. And, and then from there I went to inpatient rehab and I was also there for about three and a half, for about three weeks. All in all, all in all, from the time of the accident to the time I got home, it was six and a half weeks. Wow, that's not much time at all, especially. And so I'm, I'm always curious, you know, when people have these like massive arm and, you know, broken clavicle um, and scapula on the left, and then also the, the humerus fracture on your right. Um, how do you even like learn how to transfer to a wheelchair? How do you learn how to do anything yeah. really before you're able, I mean, especially in that, that short of an amount of time. Yeah. Well, well, I didn't for a really long time. I didn't learn how to transfer until, until probably so the accident happened in February. I probably didn't learn how to transfer until maybe April. Um, I, because of my right arm, uh, being broken, they had to go in and put it back together and, from that, they stretched my radial nerve. Um, and when that happened, I lost function of my right hand. So for a long time, like I, I had like a, a limp hand for the most part. Um, it wasn't until it wasn't until like months later that I finally came back and I have full function now. And then uh, I was in a power chair for a hot minute. Um, it wasn't until Oh, I'm not even sure how long I was. I mean, but it was a while and I had started rehab. I started rehab in May uh, at the place that I go to now, which is Center of Recovery and Exercise Core. And uh, I was in a power chair. I started, I was still in my C collar and I was going, I was going to therapy and stuff. And um, they, yeah, they took me and they were like, all right, well, let, let's do it. And so ever since May of 2022, I've, I've been going, uh, I've been going to court. Wow. Um, and I know I mentioned before, I guess we started recording, I had heard an interview that you did about a year ago um, with, uh, with a YouTube channel. And you were talking about um, kind of the advocacy that you, that, that your sister is actually a nurse and maybe like a a friend, a friend also yeah. is a nurse and that they were able to kind of yeah. come in in those early days and really like, you know, say, Hey, we uh, like the thing that really caught my eye was, or, or my ear, I guess, was that um, you were talking about like the, the feeding tube and having to be, you know, fed that like stuff. They just kind of put in a syringe and put down the, the feeding tube through your nose and that your sister was able to get you some like high quality stuff. And that you think that really, um, like affected just your health kind of moving forward and in those early kind of healing days um talk a little bit about that yeah. and just kind of what what that advocacy meant to you because that's so important you know after an injury like this especially when you're you're intubated for six days and you know can't uh can't really fend for yourself yeah no that i was very fortunate to have my sister and one of my best friends be my advocates for me and make sure that you know what what they were doing, meaning the they meaning the hospital, they were doing what they needed to be done so that you know I was going to be okay. And yeah, one of the, I think one of the major things that uh, my sister implemented was that she brought food, like she brought blended food that they were able to put down my tube feed as I was intubated. And not a lot of people know that, uh, which is which is unfortunate because it makes a big difference, you know, uh, when you like they would review my blood work and they would 
like the nurses and stuff there would be like, wow, like we don't have to do anything with our electrolytes. Like they're all a-okay. And that makes a big difference with, with the, with therapy, like moving forward and stuff. And so my sister did a lot of research and found, um, found a company that provided uh, like all like an all natural tube feed essentially that only had like six to eight ingredients versus the tube feed that they the hospital provides which is like you're looking at 50 ingredients and most of it is garbage honestly wow that now that's so that's huge that's huge and i had no idea they even had like that you could bring it in yourself or that they had these like more natural ones that you could go go buy on your own but um you know Elena, when you're trans, so, so transitioning now out of kind of the hospital bubble and back into everyday life after being in rehab and going through all this stuff in the six and a half weeks or whatever it was, um, what, what is that process like for you? Are you able to go, I mean, you said you're in a power chair. Are you able to go back to the home you were living in, um, prior to your injury or do you have to like make other arrangements you have to have like modifications done like what what does that look like for you so the home that I was living in when the accident happened um I'm not no longer living there as it it got sold but um I was living in the third story of that of that home uh, and so when the accident happened I ended up moving to I guess it was technically called the basement of the of the home but I had I had my whole community. My community came came through in ways that, like, it honestly, gets me so teary eyed because they're they're amazing. My my community of New Smyrna Beach really showed up for me, and uh, I had a friend that that made some ramps for me, and so things were things were good. Uh, like we were able to modify and do what needed to be done. I had I had um, uh, shower chairs donated. I had all kinds of things donated to me to be able to make things as easy as they could be with the transition and then I I moved out and by the time I moved out I was in um, a manual chair and um, and yeah things like as soon as I started getting some strength back things just became a lot easier in the beginning I hadn't I had no I had no strength I was I went from like 140 pounds the day of the accident and the day that I came home, I was 103 pounds and I didn't have, I didn't have that weight to lose. It wasn't, it wasn't like I could have lost it. It was all just muscle. Like I was skin and bones by the time I came home. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and you know, I know you kind of mentioned as your strength, uh, you regained strength, things got a little easier. And I know you've regained just like from watching your you're checking out your Instagram and stuff. Um, you can see you've regained quite a bit of, you know, function and movement and everything. Um, you know, so getting out of the hospital, like how, I mean, how much could you really move your upper body? I know you're still in, like we already talked about, you're still dealing with those, um, arm issues on the right side and then the clavicle and the scapula on the left side. So, um, you know, when I guess, when did you start like making like big gains to where now you can kind of stand up and, and, you know, doing kind of the, uh, all of the stuff you're doing now, I guess, as far as, you know, getting up in the harness and doing walking on the treadmill and then, and, and even progressing to where you are now. Cause, and, yeah, so... and sorry, sorry. And so this was like two years, you haven't even hit your two year mark yet either. Right. You're, isn't that coming up right. in, in, in next month? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two years is coming up. Uh, February seventh will be the two year mark. Okay. Um, let me think about that. Um. Well, so I had full function of my left side, even though my scapula and my clavicle were busted. Um, and never I was still able to move it. It never really bothered me or hurt me. Um, the right side I went to a lot of um, uh, OT therapy, and from. And then eventually, and I was in like a brace and stuff with my arm and uh, to keep my hand open because my hand wouldn't open. And uh, and then, let me think. Well, so I started at CORE in, in May of 2022. And I probably, and I'm still working on being able to stand and balance and things like that. But I probably wasn't able to, probably wasn't able to really 
to really stand or do much until like the last like six months. Um, but I got, I ended up getting like RGO braces, uh, uh, made for me in September of 20 of 22 and using the RGOs really made a difference as far as with like being able to stand and get some steps in. And at first, so with RGOs, there are, uh, knee, knee locks and hip locks and so you have the option to unlock as you progress forward in the beginning i had both knees and hips locked and so i was just walking like straight like trying to walk straight like my hip flexor my hip flexors came back fairly quickly uh to be able to to move the rgos but then the rgos also help facilitate movement forward as you weight shift forward does that make sense yeah 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 and so uh, using the RGOs, that's really, I just, and every, every week, I mean, I was going to core, I think three days a week at that point. Now I go four days a week and using the RGOs really helped help build the stamina that I needed. And then on top of that, um, the strength that I I've been, I've been trying to gain back. Okay. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's, that's incredible that, um, you were able to, and it's funny, you know, like once I've had a few, um, doctor not doctors but uh physical therapists on that have been like first thing you gotta do is like get up as soon as like as quickly as you can after a spinal cord injury and um but that makes yeah. kind of makes sense like with you being here like once you get the get the braces and you're able to start walking you know even if it's just straight leg then then everything else starts coming back for you which is incredible yeah. um yeah. No, most definitely. I mean, in the beginning, when I went to core, I was doing locomotor training where they would hang me in a harness and they were moving my legs for me. Um, but when I was in rehab and stuff, but I, I had restrictions on me because of my pinky toe amputation. So I couldn't put they told they were told that I wasn't allowed to put weight through my legs. And so I didn't get I had to fight to honestly get that removed. And till the until the third week that I was in rehab, that's when they finally got me to be able to like in a standing frame get me standing and i found that really shitty because who knows like what would have happened if i was able to uh you know be a full weight bearing sooner or actually put like electric stimulation on sooner yeah yeah so did you did you make the decision then to just say amputate my pinky toe because i don't you know i'd rather be able to get up and start getting back to this rehab or they just thought it wasn't it was just looking bad yeah no they gave me the option they gave me the option they were like you uh you know you have the option to keep your pinky toe if you want it but at this point in time we think that you need to you know say bye to it and I said okay well what's the risk of keeping it and uh my doctor was super cool my surgeon was super cool uh Dr. Borzak he uh he was like well the million dollars worth of plates in your back are going to be the first things that are going to go if an infection happens. And I'm like, all right, just take it. <laughs> and I'm like, but on one condition, Dr. Borzak, you have to shave my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And, uh, and, and, and he did, he totally did. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's so funny. Um, so I know uh, I, I heard uh, on that other uh, interview that you had done where that you had been like really into kind of um, weightlifting and bodybuilding on some level. And, you know, how much do the doctors think and maybe you yourself, how much do you think that, you know, just being so fit and, and so strong kind of contributed to your recovery and maybe you know, like the, the lack of, of, uh, injury higher up even, um, you know, did they mention anything about that? They think that maybe like your strength ahead of time really contributed to, to not being such a severe injury. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, truthfully, I think God was just working that day to make sure nothing not, like my injuries weren't going to be worse than what they, what they were. I mean, I'm very grateful that my injuries were only what they were considering what happened. Right. Uh, but I was told, like I said earlier, my, the reason my arm, I mean, my arm was completely like snapped in half, but the reason that it didn't come, my bone would didn't come out and protrude was because my bicep and tricep were like, were strong enough and it were able to, to keep the, the bone in place. It's hard to say, uh, 
I mean, I'd like to think that it, it contributed to the contributed to the fact that it wasn't worse, but it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I mean, granted, if I I think if I wasn't in the shape that I was, that I would possibly not be here, or that yeah, it possibly would have been worse. Um, so, so yeah, I'd like to think that it it definitely contributed, and like that everything that I that everything that I was doing prior to like all of the weightlifting and all of the bodybuilding and all of the sports, all of that and all of the habits and the discipline, everything I've, I've implemented all of that into my recovery. And I couldn't imagine what, where I would be and what I would be feeling or how I would be feeling if I didn't have all of those, those basically all those attributes or all of those things that I, I created and implemented prior to moving forward yeah no that, that's that's incredible um you know i know that your so your instagram is flow state um, underscore recovery and that flow state kind of mantra that you have um i it's it just is it's so awesome um you know, talk about what that means to you and um you know, kind of where you, I guess, cause you had this before as well, but then kind of transitioned it over to what you're, you know, to, to focusing on your recovery now, um, you know, talk about the, the, what, what you feel like the flow state is and, and, uh, yeah, what that means to you. Yeah, for sure. So I actually originally started flow state when, uh, I started flow state recovery when I was in pharmacy school, because when, uh, I, when I graduated, I wanted to open up a clinic to essentially, essentially gear towards people with addiction to help them come back into flow state, meaning, meaning basically that like you're coming back into who you are. Cause I feel like people who are, you know, uh, who struggle with addiction essentially lose themselves throughout it. And the idea is coming back into who you are coming back into flow state and then moving through life being you know secure and confident in who you are but then i when i was in pharmacy school i started kind of seeing that people get caught in the rat race of society and they just kind of like we get caught going like to your nine to five job and and you get stuck doing all of these all of these things that are never really fulfilling to you in any kind of way and so then I said, okay, well, actually, maybe this is for everybody, like not just not just people with addiction, but like for people, like ever, anyone, to come back into flow state and come back into who they are and bring that person essentially into the world. And then when this accident happened, I was like, wow, like here I am going through some massive, like massive transition, massive life altering thing, and I'm working like relentlessly to come back into flow state to be able to like move forward with my life and so that's kind of what it's transitioned into and uh and now and yeah so now flow state recovery is is essentially being being okay with the things that being okay with the things that happen in one's life and moving through with it moving through it with confidence knowing that you're good with who you are and you're able to pull through the shitty circumstances that essentially come in, in through life, regardless of, regardless of really, regardless of really like how shitty they are, you're going to be able to move through them because you're confident in yourself. Oh, I love that. that that's so powerful. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, for sure. So, you know, I wanted to know, I always, so I got injured. Actually, it's almost next week. A week from today will be my 26th life day. So I got injured 26 years wow. ago on January 18th, um, which does not feel like it's been that long. Um, but also, I guess sometimes it feels like it's been like way longer, too. So, um, you yeah. know, how we didn't have any kind of social media, at least not much at that point. Um, you know, being I feel like all of the people that are getting injured, like more recently are you know that are already kind of dialed into instagram and facebook and and these different uh tiktok and stuff like that um you know are, are so kind of already equipped to deal with that stuff but you know i mean i would be terrified to share some of the stuff i went through early on especially 
with the world on social media like what but it is so powerful like seeing you kind of going through all these things and and, and talking about this stuff um you know what motivated you to do that was it difficult to kind of put yourself out there after this accident going from being like this super strong bodybuilder to now you're in a wheelchair and having to go through you know this terrible rehab because rehab is uh, you know is a pain in the ass for all of us no matter what you know level you are what was that kind of like for you and, and what motivated you to to get out there and, and kind of put your story out yeah no great question so in the beginning in the beginning it was hard i didn't really it, it's taken me about a year to really get comfortable talking about things that have happened mainly because in the beginning i just wasn't comfortable with myself and what i hadn't really not that i did, wasn't processing what happened but i really needed to figure out who i was again and come back like i said come back into flow state and and really really dial in like who i am and you know look at my look at what happened as not necessarily uh like some punishment but as uh like what can i learn from what's happened to me and how can i how can i bring my experience to the world and share what I've learned through my experience and be somebody of impact in that kind of way. And so I've I've hired coaches. I worked with a, an alignment coach in the beginning that helped me get my perspective in check. And so anytime that I had any any awful thoughts or things that just weren't really aligning with where I wanted to be, she would help me come back and and really put things put things in check for me and allow me to see things from a different point of view, which I really needed at that point in time. And of course, I had a really amazing support system that allowed that allowed me to also see things from a different point of view. And so so that was a big that that definitely helped out a lot. And now. Uh, as I'm transitioning into the this next, you know, into 2024, uh, I've really had to dive deep into figuring out like what I like and what I want to do. I mean, I've granted I went to pharmacy school. I graduated. The week of my accident was the week of my board exam, and so we can either say it's divine intervention or we can say that it's bad luck. I mean, I like to think that it's divine intervention because, to be honest, it's. It's hard for me to sit here and say that I always wanted to be a pharmacist and that I didn't go into pharmacy for selfish reasons. And as I've moved through this recovery, I've realized that things happen in our lives for for bigger reasons than what we may not really see at that point in time. But to know that that's like to have that in the back of our head and understand like, okay, this is for some other some other purpose. And with that being said, I, as I move into 2024, I've, I've, I, I'm getting a, I'm actually diving into uh, the online fitness coaching industry and uh, becoming um, a mindset and fitness coach. Oh, I love it. That that's great. Um, you know what? Uh, what has the feedback been like for you since you have started sharing this stuff over the last year or so? Um, I'm assuming it's been great because I've, I mean, I heard from a few people like, Hey, you've got to get Elena on the show. Um, Brad Coleman in particular, who actually was our, I just put out, I interviewed him a couple months ago, but we just got his podcast put out, uh, last week. Yeah, no, I, I heard, uh, I listened to that one actually, because oh. yes, he, he commented on one of my posts and then I listened to the last interview that you had and it was him. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> his story is also a wild story. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, so like what what's the reception been like um from both I guess both people dealing with spinal cord injuries and um you know able-bodied people? So I've had I've had mixed things. Most of it is all positive things though. The the negative things I don't really even bat an eye to. In the beginning I did because I just couldn't really believe that there are people out there that talk shit for no reason, that are just negative for no reason. Like uh, <laughs> it's awful. I mean, it, it really is like how, how the fact that somebody takes time out of their day to say something negative on a post about somebody. I mean, if you don't want to, if you don't like it, move past it yeah. is how I, is how I see it. But in the beginning, 
I had I would have people comment on like the on some lifting posts and stuff like oh like uh bro doesn't train legs or or like do you even train legs on leg day and it's like I train I probably train fucking harder than you do any day look at your upper body and look at mine <laughs> but I, and that so that's how it was in the beginning right and uh uh but then after after a while, I haven't really gotten a lot of negative comments. I did at one point get a comment thinking that I was uh, like bashing the disability community for uh, for a post that I had made when in not that's not at all what I my intention behind the things that I post really that my posts are for able-bodied people. And when I say like, what's your excuse? It's not for the people that obviously have an excuse. It's for the people that you don't know you it's questionable if you have an excuse or not. Right. And I so from there, uh, the, but ever since I've been, I've been really, I started really being more vulnerable in my posts and really opening up about my spirituality and my faith in God. And I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on it, which is really enlightening because, you know, as you, as you sh become vulnerable and you try and share, you know, these things that happen in one's life, it can become really uncomfortable and you don't really necessarily know the feedback that you're going to get, but it's not really about the feedback that you're going to get. It's knowing that even if one person gets affected by it or one person says, Hey, I really needed this and it was worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I was going to ask you um, about the, the dash cam video that cause I saw it on your, I, I know you made a reel recently on Instagram um, kind of, narrating what happened in this in this accident that yeah. you had and that like had me pretty shook after watching that like I couldn't even imagine like seeing the video of, of my accident you know 26 years ago so when like how long after you're after you're kind of back and conscious and and knowing what's going on do you hear that somebody has this video and from there, like, what was it like watching that for the first time and then being willing to put it out and kind of share this most traumatic probably event of your life um, with the world? Yeah, no, uh, I, um, my, so my ex had gotten the, had gotten the video and I knew that he had had it, uh, but it took me a while. It wasn't until about the, the three week mark when I was in the hospital that I, uh, finally decided to watch it and the reason that I decided to watch it was because I asked my father uh, how bad he thought it was and and he looked at me and he said he's like I thought I was gonna lose you and my dad isn't one to ever be like ever exaggerate or or really you know make things more than what they really are and uh, and when I heard that you know my like somebody like my, they saw my father crying I've never ever seen my dad cry and the fact that you know he had tears in his eyes and he was you know sobbing I was like okay all right I need to see it so I can actually understand what happened and to be honest like watching it yeah it, I mean watching it more and more now it's 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 almost I'm almost in disbelief that it's me mainly because I you, like, you watch it and it's like you don't know I never felt anything that happened so I am looking at it and it's like like damn like that's me like that so that's how I feel when I'm watching it in all honesty but to think like I'm here and that's what happened to me I, it's all just a base like more so like a, in disbelief of, of it all and uh yeah it took me a while to uh to talk about it mainly because of litigations but nothing came from litigations and like every like it's all said and done and you know, nothing came from it. So I, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start talking about it since I'm able to now. And, and so that's what, that's what made me want to make a post about it. And so that's what I did. Uh, that was, it's, it's powerful. And I will link your, um your social media and everything to the, to the podcast. So hopefully everybody can go check that out. But um yeah, it was, that was wild. I mean, I couldn't even, yeah, I couldn't imagine that's uh that's, yeah, I can't I can't wow. even I just I can't even think that like that was like that was me and and the fact that that's what happened and here I am able to talk to you and I'm still the person that I was prior to the accident and able to you know I'm, my spirit was spared and and that to me like speaks speaks volume because yeah. you know not everybody not everybody gets 
gets lucky in that kind of way, or I should say blessed in that kind of way. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the fact that you're alive after seeing that video is uh, amazing. And I'm, yeah, I'm so happy that we're able to have this conversation. So, um, yeah, likewise. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I know in your other, the other interview, I keep, keep referencing that you, um, had talked quite a bit about kind of alternative therapies and, um, things that you've tried. Um, and you mentioned specifically, a uh, different type of chiropractic therapy that somebody tried on you that was more like kind of like them telling where the energy was kind of getting, uh, displaced at or where it was getting blocked off from. And, um, I forget what the name, what, what you say was like three letters or something. Can you talk about yeah, that? BGI. BGI. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's called BGI biogeometric integration. And essentially, uh, they find, they are able to look at different, uh, points in your body and see different disconnects. And, and based off those disconnects, they essentially try to align those or clear any kind of uh, potential energy pathways that could be interfering with the connections in your body. Okay. And so have you, have you continued on um, doing that kind of uh, therapy since, uh, you know, cause this was like obviously a year ago when, uh, when you had talked about it prior. So. Uh, every once in a while I do, I haven't really kept up with my chiropractic therapy and my friends are going to give me shit about that, but uh, I've just been, I've been busy with in rehab and I just haven't been able to implement it in my, uh, in, into my routine. But uh, when I see my friends here and there, they, they're always willing to, to work on me. And, um, and yeah, I think, I think it has been really beneficial um, along with the, along with really like along with therapy and the electric stimulation and everything else that has uh, that I've been doing. That's that's great. Um, and then like, I wanted to talk about kind of supplements and things like that, that you're doing like as, and I know you had mentioned peptides in that other um, interview as well. And are you still kind of doing some of those? Cause that, that I've always been intrigued by that stuff. Um, you know, quite a bit, just so I, I'd love to hear kind of your experience with the peptides and then and any kind of, you know, like what supplements you're using that, that you may have had good success with or versus maybe some stuff that you that you tried that didn't work well for you as well. Yeah, no, I'm a big I'm a big alternative therapy kind of person. I, uh, I, I went into the peptides I've done BPC-157 and TB-500. I did two rounds of those at the beginning of my injury, like when I came home. I'm also a fan of uh, performance-enhancing drugs, so things like SARMs, which are selective androgen receptor modulators. I started off with those also in the beginning because I lost so much muscle mass, my goal was to gain some of it back, considering that if you don't have muscle or you don't have the strength to be able to uphold yourself, how would I ever be able to you know, try and walk again? And so that was a big goal of mine. And uh, considering I was in the bodybuilding world, I already had a solid foundation uh, of uh, knowledge in, in these things. And so I did two SARMs, uh, one being Austrian and the other one being Ligandrol. So I did those two. Unfortunately, those two things kind of hit your liver hard. So I um, once I ran, I ran one cycle of those, and once uh, once my liver you know, chilled out because my liver did get hit pretty hard, I um, I I just chilled for a little bit, and then I. Again, like I said, there's a big stigma behind performance enhancing drugs, but I think that they have a time and place uh, for for them. And and considering that some performance enhancing drugs actually have an indication for spinal cord injuries, it kind of says a lot as to how they can be used. And so I did a cycle of Anavar or Oxandrolone. And I ran that, I ran that longer than what I should have. But when I did that, that's when I felt like I really gained a lot of, a lot of muscle back. And, uh, I also had done, uh, let me think I had done, I had done a, a cycle of, of DECA as well. 
and with those two together, uh, I felt like I I gained quite a bit. I gained I think like fifteen pounds back. And that once I once I felt at a like I, that I was at a healthy weight, I just felt a lot better in myself. Like I just felt sturdier and stronger. And the fact that I was able to, like I was a I I didn't feel like just like um what, what, how do I say it like a piece I I was was joking around like a piece of paper. Like that's what I felt like in the beginning because I it was just I was light and I didn't have any sustenance to me. That's the word sustenance or or uh, thickness Mass. and so finally when I when I gained uh, the weight back it made and also made a big difference in confidence obviously because when you're skin and bones you, you don't really feel good about yourself and things can be a lot harder but then when you start you know adding on the weight and adding on adding on muscle on top of you know all of the training and all of the eating and 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 all of the calories and everything. I mean, it, it's a lot of work. Like it was a lot of work putting on all of it, but it was definitely worth it because at the, the end of it, you know, I I'm much sturdier and able to uphold like my weight and stuff now. Right. No, that's 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 great. I mean, that's great knowledge for for people to stuff to for people to take a look at for sure. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Obviously, for people to do their own research and create their own discernment on it, uh, everybody's different, and there are side effects to things. But again, pros and cons. You you out. You got to figure out which one outweighs the other, and you got to look at what what your goals are and what what you want to accomplish, and potentially doing everything you can. I mean, I was throwing. I'm still throwing the kitchen sink at this. Right. Nobody knows really how to how to navigate a spinal cord injury, and so I mean. How, what more can a person lose after a spinal cord injury? I mean, it's hard to see there. It's, I mean, you know, like it's really, there isn't really a lot to lose uh, post spinal cord injuries. So might as well throw the kitchen sink at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Elena, I wanted to know um, kind of last couple of questions here. What, you know, what is your average week look like um, from a, like a rehabilitation standpoint, like what, how many days, I know you said that you were going to core, uh, four days a week. Um, are you working out separate from that at the gym as well? Um, you know, what, yeah, what's your, what's your week look like as far as, as rehab sort of stuff. And then, and then I'd also like to know, like, kind of like at this time, like what supplements and things are you, you doing on a regular basis, on a daily basis, whatever it may be. Yeah, no, for sure. So I, yeah, I'm still at core four days a week on those days. I, so I try and work out almost every single day. I'm working out probably six days a week. Um, and maybe I'm probably honestly seven days a week and the seventh day being like a mobility day or just an active rest day of some sort, just to get the body moving and get blood flow going. And so, uh, I, I wake up early and I I do like I do either meditation, prayer. I have a devotion book, so I spend some time with God, and uh, I pray, and then I get everything packed and ready for the day, and I get to the gym early in the morning, and I bust out an upper body workout usually, and so it's usually like an hour, hour and a half upper body, and then I stretch, and I eat, and then I make my way to core, which is about an hour drive. And so then when I'm at core, I get there an hour early. I hop on the FES bike. I try and do um, at least like 15 to 45 minutes. It depends on like if, on, on what time I get there and with traffic and stuff. But I'm averaging about four miles of bike ride. And so then after that, I, I do two one-hour sessions that are one-on-one -on -one sessions and uh, Mondays and Fridays are leg strengthening days and walking days. And then Tuesday and Wednesday are more, right now we've transitioned into more fine tuning things. So like uh, standing balance, uh, core stability, uh, feet and ankle type of movements, uh, working on the ankle junction. And then I drive it and then I eat again. And then I drive an hour home and then I take my dogs out and stuff. And then that's the basis of my week. And, um, and what was your second question again? I'm sorry. Uh, just like supplements and, and maybe vitamin supplement stuff that you're taking like on a daily basis or weekly basis or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, let's see, I take a supplement called Z stack, which is vitamin C 
vitamin D3, zinc, and quercetin. Uh, so that's basically just for immune health. I take cod liver oil. I take uh, a B12 vitamin. And then I take, uh, let me think. What else? I take BCAAs when I'm at the gym in the morning. I do collagen in my coffee. I do whey protein. And then uh, because of the performance enhancing drugs that I've done, my, I realized that um, my hormones weren't, weren't at an optimized level. And so I started going to a functional metabolic doctor who has helped me optimize my hormones. And with that being said, uh, he told me that I was actually a candidate for growth hormone, but considering the cost of growth hormone, I wasn't able to to do growth hormones. So I started at something that is like growth hormone, um, but it's called Sermorelin. And instead of it being exogenous uh, growth hormone, it's actually, it helps facilitate the release of natural growth hormone. And so that's been the most recent thing that I've done. And uh, how, how I also do you like noticed that? that. How's that working for you? It's definitely, it's interesting. It's not, it doesn't taste good at all. It's, 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 it doesn't taste good at all. I'm just going to say that because it's, you put it in your mouth and you have to let it dissolve. Uh -oh. And uh, the, the only downside is that you have to fast on it. So I've lost some weight since, since doing it. Um, but again, it's just for a short period of time. So the potential, you know, upside to it might, you know, I'm hoping it will be, a, you know, a benefit versus the downside of it. Uh, and so I, my fasting window is uh, like 11 in the morning to like nine o'clock at night, 930 at night. So I try and get my calories in between there. And then I also noticed that my nerve pain tends to be extremely worse around my time of the month. And so that made me think, okay, hormones have a play in it. And so I brought that to my metabolic doctor. And uh, with that all being said, we're trying to get like the, my estrogen levels all uh, situated and, and things like that. And so um, we started, I think it's called, we started all kinds of things. Um, it's hard for me to say if any of it um, has helped it come down naturally, but we also started on, um, actually also started a low dose of TRT um, at like really, obviously really low dose and, uh, which is, I haven't had any, I haven't had a checkup yet, but we'll see where, we'll see where I'm at, uh, at that point in time when checkup is coming, which should be in a couple of weeks. And from there, uh, we'll see, I haven't had really, I mean, I have had some nerve pain, but not to the extent that I was having nerve pain. The nerve pain that I was having was, it's like that sharp, I don't know if, I'm sure you know what it feels like. It's like the sharp stabbing nerve pain that gets you, it's like jolts of just, like I can deal with the neuropathy. I can deal with the fiery feet and things like that, but the, the stabbing nerve pain where it feels like a razor scooter to the ankle, that I can't, I can't deal with that. And I'm trying to get that under control because there are nights where I, I, there have been nights where I don't get any sleep and then I have to get up and, you know, you know go bust ass at therapy all day. And those are, those are rough days. And so trying to get, get all of that situated and maintain, it's just all trial and error. Again, like I said, we're throwing the kitchen sink at a spinal cord injury and seeing what happens because, well, like what's there to lose? There isn't really, there isn't really a lot to lose. Um, is there anything that you've tried that you just like had a negative effect or just didn't work at all for you? no not that not that I'm I'm aware of I mean granted like I said the SARMs in the beginning they did hit my liver and if we're trying to make sure that we're we stay within level like within levels of everything that we're doing I so I steered away from doing those again um, but other than that no I haven't really had any negative things things arise thankfully yeah no thank god uh, yeah. that's awesome well, uh, Elena Brandner, I appreciate you so much being willing to come on and, and tell everybody about your story and kind of, uh, you know, talk about what you've done to kind of improve and, and maybe can be a, be a help to some other people that are dealing with this injury. Um, and I know I already gave your, uh, your Instagram, but why don't you give that again and like any other socials that you have that people can follow you on? 
Yeah, so my Instagram is flowstate underscore recovery and flowstate is uh, F-L-O-S-T-A-T-E with no W. And that's really the main thing that I'm on. Uh, I do have a GoFundMe as well. I just, I need to put the link up on my on my Instagram to, to have it there. Um, but I have the link to my other interview up there too and to just to, for more information and then... Uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really on Instagram mainly. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll definitely link that um, in the, in the show notes so that people can, can find you. And, and yeah, I appreciate you so much being willing to come on and, and we're definitely rooting for you and in, in continued recovery. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, no worries at all. I appreciate you coming on Alina and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing where following your story from here on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for following along. All right. Take care. Thank you, too. All right. That was Elena Brandner. Um, just incredible story, man. Um, I suggest everybody go. We'll, we'll link her Instagram page um, in the show notes. But uh, everybody should definitely go check out. Like, it, it, they're... I meant, you know, we talked about it in the interview, but the the dash cam footage of her of her accident is insane. And with she narrates it essentially and talks like you, there's a point where she's just like, oh, yeah, that that white thing you see starting to come out of the car. That's me. Uh, like just like the fact that she didn't get crushed by her own vehicle, run over by the semi that hit her after she turned side or after her car flipped over on its side or like by any other vehicles that are traveling down the freeway is insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy, you know, cause we, we have, um, you know, we're here in Washington ever since, um, you know, COVID the driving around here has gotten crazy. I mean, remember a couple of weeks ago we're on the freeway and I set your cruise control in your super duper van and you're like, uh, I thought it was like 70. It's like, no, speed limit's 60, Jeremy. <laughs> but let's take it before go, man. Yeah. 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 So, but um, yeah, yeah, the speed, people are just like driving crazy. And then when something happens, like what happened to Elena, where there's a car stopped in front of you, you know, that breaks down or whatever, uh, you know, especially around here in Washington, um, you know, it takes forever. It what took like 25 years to redo a gigantic uh interchange that they had in tacoma washington and that's not a lie folks 25 freaking years of backups and um you know there was lots of times where cars were stalled where there was no shoulder and stuff like that so yeah it's, it's just uh, very horrible but um you know <clears throat> one of the things that i really admire about elena is that uh mind over matter it's just when i was listening to it right she's just got a strong will a strong faith in god and uh her mind you know it's the strongest muscle in your entire body really yeah absolutely um yeah she's so positive like um all of yeah all of her posts are like super motivational and i really appreciate that and um the fact that she's willing you know like that's the thing you going from being a bodybuilder and you know in, in like tip-top shape to having to deal with a spinal cord injury is a crazy thing and the fact that she's willing to you know document that and um you know kind of bring people along on on her journey is uh is powerful and yeah i mean i i was blown away by like the pep peptides like i'm i'm really interested in like digging more into that because um i've heard some good things about him in the past and i want to kind of revisit that um i know brandon i think brandon might have been doing some peptides for a while um back when he was dealing with all of his hamstring injuries and stuff like that but uh yeah i feel feel like that might be something cool to, to dig into some alternative medicine type stuff oh exactly because you know what do you have to lose right you know it's, it's already you know you have good. everything to gain you have everything to gain you know, um, but I mean, just her drive and determination is what is amazing to me. And like you said, she's super positive, super inspiring. And, you know, the fact that, you know, she as a bodybuilder, 
I mean, you know, you wouldn't know now at 62, but, you know, a long time ago, I used to go to Gold's Gym and used to work out in my 20s and, you know, I had some muscles on me at one point in time. It's hard to gain lean muscle, you know, and the fact that she lost a third of her body weight due to this injury and then had regained a substantial amount of that and as part of her recovery is just a testimony to how much more extra time she has had to put into it to make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she's, she's impressive. Um, you know, thanks to last week's guest, Brad Coleman. I know I interviewed him like a month ago, but he had put me on to Elena's story and um, just told me, you know, she's a complete badass. You should definitely get her on the show. So I, I appreciate him, uh, him, you know, putting her in on my uh, radar. I, I can't believe I didn't already kind of know who she was, but um, yeah, anybody else out there that wants to send people our way, um, definitely do it. I'd love to, like, we're here to talk to anybody. So um, hoping to actually to get somebody uh, on in the next few weeks here to talk that that's involved with the, um, the I think it's the NVG 291 um, protein or whatever they call it, uh, that Dr. Samuel Stupp at Northwestern University is working on that we had on a couple years ago. Um, I might actually replay that episode next week because that was a really good one. Um, and he's so motivated to to find a cure for paralysis. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, I want to, I definitely want to, to reach out and I'm hoping to get this, this individual on the podcast soon. And uh, if not, I might even, I'm, I'm going to try to get Dr. Stupp back on as well, because um, I know they've been, there's been a few uh, updates to that to that study going on. So I'm excited for that one. And yeah, man, great, uh, great week, you know, exciting, exciting, uh, interview I thought. And, and yeah, I'm just, it's uh new year starting out well, man. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I think Elena would say, um, no excuses, right? <laughs> no excuses Absolutely. to this new year, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah. All right, well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have Brandon here, and, and hopefully, we'll be back in studio, man. I think I worked out the kinks with the audio interface, so we should be good to go. Okay, that sounds great, Jeremy. All right, well, until next time, guys, please listen, like, rate, review, and share the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you all listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>